Do you feel like you're slow to change in business? Do you get caught micromanaging and failing to trust and delegate with your employees? This interview today is exactly going to help you solve this problem. It's going to open your eyes to an alternative. I've invited Angela Johnson onto the podcast today to talk all about Scrum. She is a certified Scrum trainer and a certified less practitioner and training from the back of the room certified trainer as well. In addition, she helps others successfully implement Scrum and Agile methods in their business, which inevitably creates more profit and a better overall corporate environment with their staff. She wrote the Scrum Master Files, secrets every coach needs to know to achieve their goals in business. And realistically, guys, whether you're a coach or not, this book is for you. So get ready, get some coffee, and listen to this conversation that Angela and I had all about Scrum, agility, and how you can implement it in your business to create more profit. My name is Sam Varner, and I'm a profit coach. And you're asking yourself, what the hell is a profit coach? It is a coach that focuses on business owners getting to the point where they're paying themselves a minimum of $75,000 in actual income. So you are so profitable in your business, you are taking home a minimum of 75K, you've got your systems, your finances, your sales, everything all sorted out and you have generated the business that you thought you were gonna do when you first started. And you've spent all the time learning exactly what you need to know to be exceptional in your industry, but what you didn't get was the business knowledge in taking this private practice from a place you work to a thriving business. That's what I'm here for. I'm Sam Varner, the Profit Coach, and this is the podcast, She Needs Grit. Get ready get caffeinated, and let's get profitable. All right, everybody. Good morning. I am your host of the She Needs Grip podcast, Sam Varner. And today I have Angela Johnson here, I was going to say in the studio because she looks very studio-y. But Angela, thank you so much for joining me on She Needs Grit today. Thanks for having me. I am really excited to kind of get into this conversation with you today. And I think it's going to be an interesting, a a bunch of interesting things that I think people will be like, oh, I don't even know where we're going with this. So I'm excited about that. But first and foremost, Angela, if these guys don't know who you are, give us a little rundown of who you are, both from the professional standpoint. And then of course, like we want to know who you actually are. Like what's your, what's your day-to-day real life look like too? So, so take it away. Thank you. I like to introduce myself as a bit of a broken corporate employee. Sometimes people are fascinated by the fact that I'm an entrepreneur and founded my own organization. And I didn't really start out with this grand plan, this master plan to own my own organization. I just knew that I was a bit beaten down by working for other people and thought, well, how hard could this be? I could just be a one person show, right? Mm-hmm. And what do you know? I started attracting like-minded people to my world. And here I am 13 years later with a team in a brick and mortar space. So I primarily educate companies and individuals on how to be more agile in their business 
I do teach a specific framework called Scrum to do that, but we also have been getting into other Agile methods and then certainly applying it to our own services business, which now includes a brick and mortar space. I know what people are yeah. thinking. Let's open a brick and mortar space right before a global pandemic. Yeah, everybody was thinking that. That was like a fantastic <laughs> idea. So we were forced to pivot pretty hard. So thank goodness we drink our own champagne. So the very methods we teach <clears throat> is how we run our business. Yeah. And so we had to adapt pretty readily. And what's coming back nicely is other companies' use of our space. Because during the mm. pandemic, they let their lease go or let their brick and mortar space go, but they're finding that they need a place to get together for a board meeting or for a training class or for an event. And we're like, well, hey, here we mm -hmm. are. So that part of the business that was once our side hustle has been kind of slowly becoming the main hustle. Not that we still don't like educating, coaching and teaching, all that happy stuff, but we're really enjoying seeing people liven in our space again, too. I love that so much. I think I think that's one of the places that we will will touch on is just the discussion around being agile and like then the very very direct example for you guys where it was like, "Oh, COVID. What's that now? And how significantly is it going to affect what you were doing, right?" Mm -hmm. Um and I I think it's I say funny, but it's not really funny, but there's a number of business owners that I've talked to that that was exactly that happened to be the time of the launching of the new thing or the opening of the space or on the cusp of making a big shift in business. And all of a sudden you're making a big shift, but it's not necessarily at all what you had intended it to look like when you were, you know, planning it out. So talk to me a little bit about how agility works in your business. So how were you able to pivot at such a crucial moment in your business at that point? So with agility, you know, some people think, oh, that means no planning. <clears throat> that means flying by the seat of your pants and nothing could be further from the truth. It's not that we don't plan. We plan, but we talk all the time. We have even a daily planning session which means that no matter what gets thrown at us, we're poised to respond. We're poised to mm -hmm. pivot. So at the time that we opened the space, the impetus for that was really the reflection on our own brand because we were holding our own training classes. And you know, going to like a hotel ballroom, paying five bucks for a can of soda, uh, dingy lighting, dingy acoustics. And we're like, this, this is gross. And mm -hmm. so one of my team members is like, what if we did it for ourselves? Oh, how hard could that be? That's kind of the company motto, right? How hard could it be? <laughs> I love how hard could it be? It's like, I'm sure so many times you're like, oh, wait, a little bit harder than we anticipated, but we can do it. But how hard can it be can be a big question, I imagine. <laughs> you froze there for just a little bit. I don't know if you saw that, but it froze on my no. side. Okay, so we'll, okay. you can get that in editing. I apologize. Yeah. Yeah, she's like, how hard could it be? So found this wonderful raw space and we started building it out. And the grand plan was we will primarily hold our own offerings. <clears throat> mm. Then we'll just license out or rent out the, the pieces when we're not busy to other people to help offset costs. Well, COVID hit. And I remember being in an airport in Chicago, just desperately wanting to get home because they were talking about canceling flights and people were hosing themselves down with hand sanitizer I'm like, okay, just let me get home. And there was talk of flipping our classes online. 
which had mm. never been allowed for the certification that we that we offer. The rules okay. of the certification were that it had to be in person. And the CEO of that organization said, nope, figure it out, flip them to virtual. So I was literally sitting in the airport learning Zoom. I opened mm -hmm. a bunch of their tutorials while I was waiting for my flight and taught myself Zoom. And so when we got together as a team the following Monday, everybody came into the office and I said, take a chair, take post-its, take markers, like take whatever you need, because we don't know what this lockdown yeah. business looks like or even how long it's going to last. And then once we got to our homes that afternoon as a team, we logged on to Zoom and figured it out. It mm -hmm. was literally, there's a class in two days. Let's get Angela ready to teach that one. And then what's the next class? Oh, let's get Christian ready to teach the next one. And so we very iteratively, which is the very approach that we teach other people to do, tackled the first thing, then the next thing, and then the next thing. I know so many uh, competitors or people who do what I do that said, we're going to cancel a few classes and just wait and see. We're going to wait mm -hmm. till it bounces back. And I'm like, oh, people. There is yeah. no going back. The genie is out of this bottle. Once they allow us to teach online, no, 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 no. <laughs> it yeah. will not be go back to 100% in person. There's no way. No, no. And it definitely didn't, right? So many of us, um, for me, I was already coaching on Zoom. So this was already something that mm. I was, you know, lucky in that way. But all of a sudden, it was like the world caught up. And I'm like, there, now everybody knows what I'm talking about. When I say we're going to meet on Zoom, it becomes like Kleenex. Everybody knows what we're talking about. Mm -hmm. um, so I love that you were in that position, both capable of doing it, right? And also just so quick on the decision making. So talk to me about how your business runs at that quick pace to be able to make decisions as quickly as you did because that's not everybody has that level of speed that they're moving at right right and i think that you know not only it sounds like i'm you know kind of beating that drum of we follow the very method that we teach but mm -hmm. it's true and when yeah. i talk to other business owners <clears throat> even more fundamental than agility it gets into trusting their people so mm -hmm. i have never wanted to be the single point of failure <clears throat> excuse me, in my business. I never wanted it to be, go ask Angela, go ask Angela, go ask Angela. No, that takes too much time. And it sucks yeah. for Angela and it <laughs> sucks for my teammates too. So mm -hmm. part of agility is really about pushing decision-making ability down to the lowest level possible. So creating an environment of trust, setting the expectation, but then allowing people to do the right thing. And they excel. In an interview recently, somebody said, you know, when I was telling them, every one of my team members has a corporate credit card. Every one of my team members has a stamp with my signature and access to the checkbook. There's a beer fridge in the office. There's a wine fridge in the office. And he was just laughing. He was just dying. And I said, now ask me in 13 years how often any of those things have been abused. Mm. And he's like, how many? And I'm like, zero. And then he said, well, that's because you must hire adults. Well, yeah. I Most of adults. us try to. <laughs> but then you got to teach them like adults and you've got to treat them like adults. You yeah. know, so none of them is going to do something that's going to hurt the company. None of them is going to do something that's going to hurt a student or a guest. You know, if you create the environment, they rise to the occasion. And so 
<clears throat> when you're ridiculously transparent about what the highest priority need is, they naturally rally together and figure it out as opposed yeah. to everybody in it for themselves. So we mm -hmm. think, you know, we, not me, 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 this is a culture of we, not a culture of I, 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 or me, me, me. Yeah. So talk to me a little bit about, I know that's a conversation that actually comes up fairly frequently is mm. how do you create that culture? Like with intention for sure, but, but how do you, if I'm at the very beginning of things and somebody's listening to this podcast and they're like, okay, I'm about to do my first hire, or maybe it's my second hire. And I'm realizing that I'm not being very intentional with culture. How do I even get started? Like what, what would you advise them to do? We talk a lot of, on our own team about everybody's trust language. Everybody's trust language is a little bit different. Mm -hmm. And every team inevitably is going to go through that getting to know you period, whether you call it forming, storming, you know, people use lots of names to describe it. But one of my team members who's been with me for 10 years, the longest, initially, he was having trouble um, figuring out my trust language. And one of, the, one of the days that he was like, don't you trust me, I said, do you see all the financials for the organization anytime you want to? Yeah. Do you know where the company checkbook is? Do you have access to it? And are you empowered if something comes up and you need to make an expenditure? And he goes, yeah. I said, do you not think that that requires an enormous amount of trust on yeah. my part? And he went, I never thought of it that way. The mm -hmm. other thing that I do is ask them. So often as leaders, and especially as women, I think, we're so, um, you know, we've got our nerves just kind of pegged on, oh, I have to make the right decision. I have to make the right decision. I don't want to look foolish. I don't want to fail. Whoa, 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 whoa. Ask them. Take mm. it to the team. And when I ask them, now I've got input, more data points than I would have thought about because none mm -hmm. of us is as smart as all of us. But now we can make an informed decision, but they have skin in the game because yeah. they have shared and given that input as opposed to somebody told me what to yeah. do. Yeah, they've got that buy-in, right? If mm -hmm. they're, they're in that place of creation mm -hmm. with you, then they've got the buy-in of this was partially their idea, right? They were mm -hmm. engaged in that, in that process. For sure. I like that a lot. I think um, <laughs> I always think how often it comes up where I'm like, yeah, that's kind of like how we do things around the house, right? With the kids. It's like, how can I help you to actually not – be struggling so much with schoolwork, 13-year-old person that lives in my house. I need you to, you know, what do you need from me? I can dictate. I can, like, force you to sit at the kitchen table and do homework and whatever. And that's that's been done, and it's a brawl, and it's not fun for anybody. But I can also engage him in that discussion of what do you need from me to be supported, right, and to be creative and to be able to come to these conclusions on your own. And Sometimes I get pretty good answers. I mean, sometimes I still get 13-year-old answers, which is like, just leave me to my own devices and I can fail. It'll be fine. But when you think about hiring adults and treating them as such, they're going to kind of come up with those ideas, right? And actually engage in them. For sure. And even the level of transparency, <clears throat> promoting self-motivation. -motiva if there's an ordered transparent list and people are transparently showing what they're doing. Mm -hmm. They don't need somebody going, hey, Samantha, what are you working on? Hey, Samantha, you know, no, I need a status report. Samantha, da, da, da. all we're doing is conditioning people 
to avoid (laughs) the boss, right? To avoid the micromanagement. Whereas, hey, if you never want me to bug you, Mm -hmm. big, invisible, transparent, it's right there for everybody to see exactly what's going on. So then there's no question. And and the classic management behaviors are so opposite of that. Mm -hmm. So I always try to get people to point out, are you incenting the behavior you want? Because you said 13-year-old and that triggered that, right? You know, behavior. (laughs) Are you incenting the behavior we want? Or are we subtly discouraging the very kind of behavior we say we want people to engage in? Mm -hmm. And it sounds so common sense, especially when you talk about your own kids. But um, my husband and I know when to outsource. And there was a time when... He was yes. younger. We hired a parenting coach and they, you know, board certified, child psychologist, blah, 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 blah. And they come in and within like five minutes of observing in our household, they rattled off three things and we just stared at each other. And she goes, what, what, did I say something wrong? And we said, no, we do this for a living. So why couldn't we figure this out? And she goes, cause it's your own kid, duh. So sometimes yeah. just having that neutral, Mm-hmm. You know, that doesn't work there. Yeah. Come in and say, hmm, here's three things I picked off that could immediately add value. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's the reason to hire a coach <clears throat> in any aspect of your life, right? Is because we are completely blind to our exact situation. We can only see it from the inside, you know, like the we're in our eyeballs looking out. We cannot see the big picture. And right. yeah, whether <clears throat> it's parenting or business or really anything, right? Um, it's impossible. It's impossible. And to hold ourselves to a standard of expectation that we can do that for ourselves is just silly. Like you need other people to be like, Hey, did you see this thing over here? And you're like, Oh no, that's definitely in my blind spot. Missed it completely. So glad you pointed it out. Now I can redirect. Right. Right. (laughs) Yep. Especially with parenting. There's that. Right. Absolutely. Okay. So talk to me a little bit. Let's talk about this framework you're referencing. Let's talk about Scrum. Let's talk about it from a little bit from the high level of like, okay, what is it in its entirety? And then let's talk a little bit about how a small business owner can start to implement it at the beginning stages of where they're at. So yes, yes, yes. Sorry. Little frog there this morning. Um, so the uh, word scrum, just so people are aware, isn't an acronym. You know, it's not an abbreviation for anything. If anybody is familiar with the game of rugby, even at a high level, mm-hmm. if you see people getting in that huddle, it is called a scrummage. So it's just an abbreviation for that rugby metaphor, because what started this whole movement was actually a Harvard Business Review article in 1986. And the professors who wrote the article said that they noticed behaviors in companies that were kind of crushing their competition and the behaviors were of the people doing the work. So instead Mm -hmm. of these little armies of one and having handoffs and waste, people were working together in what they called a rugby-like huddle, Mm -hmm. just figuring it out for the good of the customer. So the two creators of Scrum loved that metaphor, so they borrowed it, hence the term Scrum. Now Scrum is one of the agile frameworks because the two creators of Scrum were present at a meeting where a bunch of other frameworks were represented and they just found that they had a lot in common. Mm -hmm. And the word they settled on as kind of an umbrella term is agile. Can you be nimble? Can you adapt? Can you course correct? Scrum is the most 
popular of the mm-hmm. Agile methods. My opinion of that is that because there's a guide and the guide is free, you know, you can go out to scrumguides.org and download the guide for free and just get started. It's open source. Mm-hmm. The second reason is it gives you a little bit of a prescription. It says, here are some people that are responsible for certain areas, like maybe the small business owner as the CEO is the product owner, setting mm-hmm. the stage, saying, here's the direction we're going in. Then you have somebody called Scrum Master, which really isn't you know the boss of anybody. It's the master of the framework, but they're okay. the coach. They're that mm-hmm. internal coach, that guide, that teacher, that neutral, helping people work better together. And then you have all the people doing the work, the doers, so to speak. So if you've got a product owner setting direction and you know being really clear about what we're doing, then the developers, the people doing the work, developing the product, developing the service, they're empowered to figure out how they're going to do the work. And then we've got this wonderful person called Scrum Master to be care and feeding, Um, you know, the people person, the process person, not only coaching that product owner, any of the other stakeholders, because there may be other people in the organization, Mm -hmm. and then definitely the people doing the work and making things happen. And so for a small business, um, I always want to make sure that when we quantify that word small, My business is small, right? 10 people. Uh, you and I have a colleague. We've got Margie and Jess uh, in, in common. Their business is small, 20-ish, 20-some people. Perfect for that kind yeah. of a framework for agility. Now, you talk about a huge corporation. And in my world, anything over 5,000 employees is, mm. is big, is <laughs> yeah. large. You can still have success with Scrum but you, you now have different departments or different mm-hmm. products. And there is this con- uh, concept of scaling it is what it's commonly called in the industry. And yeah. so there are methods to do that. But I always say, if you can't scrum, you're not ready to scale. So if you don't understand kind of that one team scrum or scrum 101, you're not ready to take it bigger. Mm-hmm. But small businesses like ours can totally benefit from it because of the practices inside that framework. The ordered lists, the transparency, the time boxing into things that we call sprints. Mm -hmm. Okay. So let's go down that rabbit hole of time boxing because Mm -hmm. I know when we first were chatting, that was something that I was like, ooh, yes. Okay. So talk to me about time boxing. Talk to me about what it is and then how, how does somebody start using it this week? Right. And a time box is a fancy word for Mm -hmm. one week, two weeks, three weeks, whatever you find as a small business owner is sustainable. But there are a couple of ways to think about that because we were talking about the pandemic at the beginning of this conversation. And so at the beginning of uh, that that phenomenon, that that global pandemic, we had been doing two-week sprints. So our time boxing, we would adjust goals and objectives every two weeks, every sprint is a pivot point. When that happened, I don't know about you, our world felt crazy. It was as if, you know, the governor in our state was, you know, changing the rules daily. Mm -hmm. Um, We felt like our days were Groundhog Day. I don't know if you're familiar (laughs) with that movie. Absolutely. And that our days were weeks. So we said, this just feels like death. So we went down to a one-week sprint, to Mm -hmm. a five-day sprint, and the whole team kind of went, oh, 
now we're poised to pivot even faster, no matter mm -hmm. what gets thrown at us. So if we think about how often our businesses change, how often we want feedback, and mm -hmm. how often we want to improve, that plays into what kind of time box could immediately work for you right now. Okay, so before we get back to the show, I want to ask you something. Have you managed to implement everything that you've learned from me so far on how to scale, become profitable in your business? Like, for real, everything? Do you pay yourself at least 75K? Are your financials and your systems serving your life, not just your business? Well, if you're not paying yourself or selling your services consistently, then that means you are not doing what you need to create your growth and money goals. You are not taking the right actions, and if you don't change what actions that you take, there is something else that's not going to change. The results. Yep, the results that you're getting aren't going to change either. You'll continue to not see an increase in profit and will rinse and repeat until you tell everyone that business just didn't work and that you're quitting because you didn't love it. So if you are ready to figure out and maybe admit that you're not doing everything I've taught on this podcast and you need some helps with the implementation, then you need to click in the link in these show notes. You need to book a call with me so that I can hear exactly where you are in business. Make sure that She Profit School is the right step for you and you can get started. Could you benefit from planning your goals and objectives for your business in one week increments? Now, mm -hmm. some of your listeners might hear that and go, holy crap, that's too <laughs> often, Angela. That's just, you know, our team has matured into that. That's just what, what you know, has happened in our evolution, but we've been in business for 13 years. So maybe you start with two weeks. Mm -hmm. the, the, the time box is important when you think about a calendar year. So we all do some sort of, you know, roadmap planning, fiscal planning, annual planning, whatever you want to call it. We all do it. Yep. But then inevitably stuff happens. Mm -hmm. So are you poised to pivot? So in a 52 week calendar year, if you do two week sprints, two week time boxes, that's 26 pivot points. That's mm -hmm. 26 opportunities to adapt based on the goals and objectives, but also reality, whatever, mm -hmm. whatever you need to respond to. At the end of every one of those time boxes, we talk as a team and say, what's going okay? What's not going okay? Because I'm not going to wait till the end of the year to hear mm -hmm. a good idea. I'm not going to wait till the end of the year to stop a poor behavior or to course correct. That's death. That's too mm -hmm. long. So in a 52-week calendar year, if you're doing two-week sprints, two-week time boxes, that's 26 process improvement opportunities. That's 26 pivot points. So mm -hmm. we went down to a five-day sprint. Well, now I got 52 pivot mm -hmm. opportunities in a year. I have 52 process improvement opportunities so that I can capitalize on good things. But more importantly, I can adapt faster for the things that are not so positive that are going on in the business. Yeah. And I, I hope that that resonates with everybody that's listening because I think most of you out there, based on those of you that I've spoken with, I know you're doing at best quarterly planning, best case scenario. And that's right. for the people that are like really on top of this. And there is something to be said for a, a more frequent 
kind of feedback loop to be able to determine are the things that you're doing landing with your clientele, are they landing with your current, you know, your actual current clients that you're acting with right now? Um, too often we're potentially doing that set it and forget it piece and assuming that it will work. And then we get to halfway point or we get to Q3 and we think, well, we're not at all hitting our target. We're not at all close to our goal, but we haven't evaluated all the way along to determine why. And I can see just taking the time to do that. So how do you fit that? I think the question is going to be in the audience is going to be then, well, but how do you fit that in? Like if you're doing that every week, how much time does that take? What does that, what does that actually look like to do that evaluation without taking away from productivity time? Right. And so one of the things that I like to point out to students is scrum or any agile method for that matter, isn't something you do in addition to doing work. Cause that okay. would be silly. I that love would be silly. Yeah. <laughs> you can either keep doing what you're doing because you mm-hmm. you're doing work, right? Don't know if you have a name for it or the way you do work, or you could do that work following a framework. So Scrum isn't something you do in addition to work. It becomes the way you now do work. And so instead of having all these disparate, unproductive, ad hoc meetings, because death by meeting, you know, and you even hear the way people talk, nothing's Uh happening other than talk, 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 talk. And then after action items. Oh, who's mm-hmm. taking the action for after? No, no. With Scrum, the conversations are roll up your sleeves, working sessions. So if mm-hmm. you're together in a room, my team will be around a big whiteboard, post-it notes will be flying, you know, with Sharpies and whatnot. If you're not physically co-located, look at you and I, right? Over yeah. Zoom, over, over, you know, cameras. And we can do that. We can use a, a board like Miro, Miro, Trello. I mean, there's so many, right? There's so mm-hmm. many visual boards. And during lockdown, that's what we used. We used Trello. Now we're back in the office, of course, but we've got, you know, post-its on the wall, whatever. So those planning conversations are visual. They are Mm. big and visual. And there are hands to keyboard, hands to paper, real time in the conversation. There is none of this after nonsense. No, 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 no. We're building the plan right now. We're looking at the calendar right now. We're talking about what's going to go on during the week. And that conversation two hours or less mm-hmm. for a five-day sprint. And the emphasis is on or less. Yeah. Because <laughs> if it doesn't take that <laughs> the, much the time. The goal is the or less business. Uh-huh. Get to work, right? You know, it's just because we have it on the calendar, people think you have to use it. Fill it. Uh-huh. <laughs> no. Yeah. Right? Especially just- in the corporate world, like in the, you know, back in my corporate days, it was like, what even are we here? Nobody has anything to talk about this week. Nothing needs to be resolved. Like, but we have an hour and a half on the calendar, so we're going to sit in this boardroom? Yeah, no, leave. Oh, poke my eyes out with a stick. Okay. Right. So we kick off the week with just this two-hour lesson. It never takes two hours. And that's just, I think, a sign of our maturity with it. You know, mm-hmm. we've gotten pretty efficient at it. And then you have a 15-minute or less daily check-in. Now, okay. some people assume that it has to be in the morning, and that's not true. What works for my own team is noon because everybody eats. Right. You know, there's inevitably there's lunch because we all do client facing work. And so we just found that if we just meet at 12 to 1215, just super quick to check in, are things going according to plan for the week? Are they not going? Because if they're not going according to plan for the week, we want to adapt ridiculously fast. We don't want to wait till the end of the week to find out, oh, well, could have, could have, would have, should have. No, we want to pivot every single day. And then at the beginning of that next week, 
prior to jumping into a planning conversation is when we have the retrospective reflecting on how things went. And if applicable, we'll review anything that we need to that affects the next plan. So really, there's only four, if you want to call them meetings, you can, but we call yeah. them events because they're they're action oriented. You know, mm -hmm. they're not just a conversation and they're short. They're short, mm -hmm. they're actionable, and they're on the calendar on the regular cadence. Mm -hmm. We don't need to say, oh, hey, Samantha, when's the planning next week? No, no, same same time, same bad channel, right? You know, it's, yeah, it's on the every calendar. Every single week, like clockwork. Mm -hmm. <laughs> exactly. So when you start time boxing your planning, and then you have, you know, these time boxes within that, that week, because every day, right? If you really want to think yeah. of a day as a time box, you could. So we break work down into one day or less actionable mm -hmm. chunks doesn't mean that they're not there might not be a deliverable or a bigger thing but the yeah. reason you want to break it down into smaller steps is so you have that visibility of the progression of the progress mm -hmm. towards the bigger thing it's yeah. so more motivating hey yesterday Absolutely. here's what i finished look at all the things i finished what's not motivating oh i'm still working yeah i'm still working on that thing like so you have no visibility yeah. It's demotivating and nobody else can help you. The sheer mm -hmm. act of breaking things down, I've had team members go, I can totally jump in and pick that up. Awesome. You just took something off my plate. But when yeah. we won't engage in mm -hmm. that discipline to be able to do that, now you get silos, yeah. lack of transparency, missed deadlines, missed goals and objectives. So there is a method, you know, to the mm -hmm. madness about the mechanisms. But an organization yeah. just has to be willing to engage in that. Yeah, I think I, I can see so much value in that in terms of um, even as a business owner, when you, you have a project that's, you know, it's going to take longer than days, right? Sure. And you haven't yeah. broken it down in a way that you can even see whether you're getting, you can't even see if you're moving forward. It's like, right. I've done a couple things, but then like that, and then this, and then that, and it's still not, it every day feels like it still has to be done, right? Because until we get to the final finish line, it's like it doesn't count all of the steps that you're doing in between the beginning and the final. And I think this kind of philosophy for those of us that are like, we really like, I love a checkoff list. Like, Gosh, yes. I love a little square box that I can do the like, doo -doo, I did that <laughs> thing, right? Like I'm going to put in there, brush my teeth because I'm going to do that anyway, but it makes me feel real good that I can check it off. Um, and I think breaking it down and having that ability, but then also being able to open yourself up to ask for help, right? Realizing that what I thought I could accomplish in a time frame that's a much smaller time frame, so all of a sudden we have to keep ourselves on task, means we can get help where we're like, oh, wait, I put too many things on my plate. That was foolish. And you, you have space on your plate. Let me let me welcome you in here to take some of this off my plate or you just offer because you can see there's no way she can get all that done, right? Well, and you and I were talking about our courses, you know, at the beginning, mm -hmm. you and I, when we were chit-chatting and um, so I've, I've said, hey, this is the way we work, but let me air a little of our dirty laundry too. So um, at one of those daily check-ins, we were planning a new class, right? And so one of my mm -hmm. team members was working on it and he said something to the effect of, yeah, I'm still working on that. So, next day. Yeah, I'm still working on that. So by the third day when he said, yeah, I'm still working on that, I said, well, what will we tell a client right now? <laughs> and he goes, oh, 
we'd tell him to break it down. I said, mm-hmm. so could you? And he's like, I got the learning objectives drafted. I got the table of contents. I found a few graphics. I went, oh, oh now, you know, now mm-hmm. we're getting somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> and if you could just make yeah. that visible on the board, maybe somebody who has time could go search for graphics or who, you know, could draft a couple of chapters or, you know, uh, of the learning objectives or whatever. So mm-hmm. sometimes... You know, it's it's easy to fall into the old habits, even for people mm-hmm. who teach this stuff, too. But, you know, yeah. that's the value of a scrum master, that internal coach, keeping us on track and reminding us when they see us slipping into the old habits. Yeah. Okay. So let's talk about how do we do this if we're only a band of one? We're a, we're a one-woman band. And we like this idea because we know we need a little bit more help in this area as well. But... So that I'm scrum master and worker and product owner. Wait, that's what I'm already doing. So yeah, right. tell me how that looks, Angela, for like the the little, you know, like the one man band, one woman show. How do we do this? How do we start this? Right. Uh, there are people out there who will say yes to what you mentioned. You're Yes, you're the product owner and the scrum master and the people doing the work. And I'm like, no. Number one, that sets up a condition of those doing three, everything yourself. Uh-huh. <laughs> those three <laughs> responsibilities are totally different because a scrum team is 10 people or less. One product right. owner, one scrum master, and then how many people you have in the team doing work. That's a different conversation based on your business. So take the practices out of scrum. Mm-hmm. So what you're perfectly capable of doing if you're a one-person show is time boxing. You can set a time box for when you're going to reevaluate your high priority goals and objectives. If Mm -hmm. a week works for you, like it does for my services business, great. If two weeks works for you, great, right? You can time box. You can also reflect. You can take 15 lousy minutes every day before you go into the black hole known as your inbox. You can take 15 minutes to reflect. Is is what I thought this week was going to look like still happening? Not happening. You can make an ordered list Because if everything is priority, nothing is. So we've Mm got to have a clear idea of what's first, what's second, what's third. And once you start doing that, even as an army of one, even if I'm, you know, taking a particular uh, course that I'm working on as part of the larger team goal, I know when I start focusing and I start Mm -hmm. even setting a, I'm going to give myself an hour to just really focus on this. The amount of stuff I can crank out is amazing. Versus mm-hmm. you and I talked about squirrel mode last yes. time, right? Uh-huh. <laughs> Versus when we're in squirrel mode. Oh, let me answer that call. Oh, dang, I just got a text. Oh, dang. Mm-mm. Just because of the context switching, you will yeah. start to lose productivity. And then you'll start to procrastinate and drag your feet. Whereas mm-hmm. if you just focus and the time box helps with that, you can start really getting things to done. So even people who are, you know, one one person show can be amazing in that regard. Yeah. We were talking about kids earlier and um, I shamelessly have a video on my YouTube channel of my son when he was four and a half and we had him start doing this. So mm-hmm. we had post-it notes and we had getting ready in the morning. And even though he couldn't read, not a problem, we had pictures. On the post, yep. right? Of the shoes and of the coat. And he started figuring out how to manage himself. Well, now, yeah. cranky 11-year-old trying to get him <laughs> out of bed. But 
his board is big and visible on the kitchen wall. He's graduated to words on his Mm post-its. So it's like, here's all the stuff you have to do. It's big and visible. You're empowered Mm -hmm. to do it as long as it's done by time box set, the time we need to leave to make it to school on time. So Mm -hmm. I would take the practices out of the framework and not yeah. worry so much on, you know, the titles or the accountabilities or roles in the framework. I would focus on the practices. Yeah. I love, I love even just that big and visible, like even just leaning into for your own sake, big and visible. Because if you're sitting there at your desk and you look up and there's the thing and it's big and visible and it says you should be doing this and you're like, right, okay, oh, yeah. mm-hmm. right? I'm going to focus it, you know, like <laughs> I forgot, I got distracted, whatever happened, right? We're not really that far off your 11-year-old, right? We're not. We're just big no. kids, right? I show that video in my class and then people go, oh, <laughs> can do it what's what's holding the rest of you back (laughs) yeah exactly it's like look at this little tiny human can do it you guys can do it too right that's why when distance learning hit you know I was listening to a lot of my friends complain and I didn't have as tough a time because my child already knew how to work a backlog you know my child already Mm -hmm. knew how to work a to-do list and so um they were like oh I totally need to do that so you can um bring sanity to your home with some of these Mm -hmm. practices, but for our small business owners that you uh, uh, work with and that are your listeners, you can definitely uh, see an immediate jump in your productivity with just some of these little practices. Yeah. I love this so much, Angela. I think it, it just is one of those things where we all know we could be better in these areas, right? But sometimes you need somebody to be like here, like this, right? Sometimes you just need somebody to be like, do it like this. And then it's like, oh, I can do that. Like, I just needed a little bit of direction. I knew I needed to be productive, but I didn't know how to be more productive. Right. And I just think taking that time to, even if all somebody implemented was that reflection daily on, is it working? And what do I need to kind of think about? I think that would have an immediate effect, right? As a very- very tiny first step is like reflect on what you're doing right now. Don't try and change everything overnight. You're going to really regret your life choices, but start with reflection, start with your time boxing and a prioritized list that you stick to and evaluate, right? I mean, mm-hmm. yeah. Definitely. If you're not doing and that not stuff like- now, you'll see a difference. And even if those squirrel moments happen, because we're human, let's be honest, right? Mm-hmm. Put it on that list, but put it at yeah. the bottom. It's like, yeah. oh, yeah, I don't want to forget that. It's not worth derailing the things at the top. But the fact yeah. that I put the little reminder to myself at the bottom of the list, I know I can get back to it mm-hmm. at some point. But now yeah. back to what's really important. Yeah. yeah, it releases that energy, right, where you don't feel like, oh, well, that was a great idea and it's lost in the abyss. Right. I know that I have like a notebook that is a parking lot notebook, and it is all of those ideas that I come up with on the fly – all the time. And it's like, I go back and look at it and be like, oh, are you ready to go? Or were you a ridiculous idea that I thought was amazing at the time, but you sat in the parking lot. And now I've been like, oh, not actually that good. We'll leave, we'll leave you there. Um, okay. Is there anything else, Angela, that you think our, our listeners today need to hear? I think that we've talked about a lot. 
about I think so too. the practices. Um, yeah. So one of the things I will add that we haven't covered is there are values. There are five values that go along with these practices. We've worked in focus. Mm-hmm. We've worked in commitment, but we haven't talked about the other three values. And the other three values are respect, mm. courage, and openness. And so, you know, even somebody listening to the ideas you and I have shared, well, are you open? Are you open to just trying it? You know, like I said, my team's Mm -hmm. unofficial motto is, how hard could it be? You know, (laughs) we try stuff all the time. We demonstrate openness all the time. Um, Courage, Mm -hmm. which I think is an overlooked value. It's like, you know, we all can get trapped in our own little ego and fear holding us back. So the courage to try something Mm -hmm. with the worst that could happen. And then, you know, definitely we talked about um, respect, respect for the time box, respect for the to-do list and so on. But I think it's worth noting openness and courage in addition to the focus and the commitment. Yeah, I love that because the respect piece, not only just, I mean, you might immediately assume that's respect for the people, right? Mm -hmm. Respect for your team, which of course is there. Um, But respect for the process, respect for leaning in and being courageous to try and respect for just doing it, right? Follow the framework, follow what we're doing is the only way you can actually get to the point of it working, right? It's respect for your time. So a Mm -hmm. lot of, you know, your listeners who are business people, you know, sometimes they make the mistake of not valuing their own time or respecting their own time. So this can really help them focus on that. Yeah. I love that. I think, I think really taking, taking a deep look and going like, you're wasting your time when you're wasting time and we all do it, right? Like fall Mm -hmm. into a scroll cycle or whatever you're doing, whatever your thing is. Um, and we all have those guilty pleasures, but Mm -hmm. it's also respect for your own time. And so that when you get to the end of your day, you can feel accomplished, which is what drives us to go to day two drives us to day three, right? If you feel like I never can get it done, I'm always behind. I'm never achieving what I want. That's very frustrating, right? And you're battling that every single day. And demotivating. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And it's kind of a little bit, uh, I'm going to blame it on yourself, which it's always us, right? Always, the, the buck always stops with, with the individual. And this allows you a little bit of a framework to figure out how to kind of hold yourself accountable, right? Get those, get those things done. Okay, Angela, where do you want people to come and find you? They are now going to be chomping at the bit for more information about you, about Scrum, about your business. How can they find you? I think live on LinkedIn, but with okay. a name like Angela Johnson, it's a wildly generic name. You'll get like 32,000 people. So put in Angela Johnson Scrum and my smiling face pops right up. If people want a free download on how to get started with some of these ideas, they can visit me at scrumfiles.com. That's the home for my book, The Scrum Master Files, but we'll give you a free how to get started. Just go to scrumfiles.com. Okay, perfect. I will make sure that both of those are in the show notes. So if you're driving or folding laundry or wrangling children, we will make sure that you can can track that down. So Angela, thank you so much for today. This has been 
so valuable. It's making me think differently about, okay, how are my days structured? Am I structuring it in a way that is as productive as I can be? Um, so yeah, I'm probably headed over to scrumfiles.com after this to take a little peek at that, but I've made a ton of notes here and I'm excited to kind of review that and, and go through it. Thanks so much for having me. You are welcome. Okay, guys, until next week, work hard, be productive, and make some more profit. Thank you so much for listening and spending your time at the She Needs Grit podcast. I would be ever so grateful if you would be able to leave me a review or share this episode with somebody that you know needs to listen to these lessons as well. Thank you so much.